This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. I've been uh, looking forward to coming into church all week, and uh, I was thinking of Psalm 132 or 122.1 that says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And uh, I wanted to get there. In fact, I wanted to get there on Tuesday. I was thankful to be here on Wednesday, and uh, we're good to go, actually. I think we're set. So uh, we, uh, we have some outlines. If you uh, if you if you'd like one, I think it'll help because we're going to cover a lot of ground in a little time. Uh, how many of you got hailed on yesterday? I got I got a little hail uh, at my house, and it was kind of like boom, winter's here. Welcome to winter. Uh, no more fall, and I hope we have a few more fall days. Uh, but but it was uh, it was quite a day, and uh, it it matched it, the 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 clouds of doom and everything just kind of matched. I don't know why it just kind of all fitted uh, was joint fitly together. And and uh, but today we're going to be celebrating at the end of our service veterans, and uh, and so we're we're looking forward to if you've served or if you know someone who serves, uh, we're we're going to pause at the end of our service and uh, recognize those uh, who who have fought and who have served. Uh, I want to give you a little bit of a family update. Uh, we uh, <clears throat> Christmas came early for us, for us, and uh, we are the proud owners of a new puppy. Okay, and so I think we have a a, a picture of Kobe there with the with the boys, and uh, we surprised them. Um, and uh, just pray that we can get some sleep. Okay, so would you pray that we can get some sleep? Uh, and uh, but we're we're uh, we're looking forward to that. I figured, you know what, uh, Christmas can come early. I, I'm ready for Christmas. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for Christmas. It's like forty some days away. Uh, so and our by the way, our tree's up. Uh, so please. Uh, just uh, I'm I'm just embracing it, and if you're not, that's fine too. Uh, but uh, anyway, well, let's go to the second half of our our passage. Last week we covered the first half of Genesis 15. We're going to be in Genesis 15, the last half. I want to start with the first verse though, and I want to I want to kind of give you. Uh, some things, and I'm going to ask the guys to get the visuals ready because uh, we're be, we're talking about dreaming big, and uh, big dreams uh, require great big power, and uh, the power that we have is actually called the grace of God. That's the power we have uh, to to do anything big. So you can write down big things all day long, but if you don't have a a, a grace powered dream, a grace-fueled dream, really, uh, it's, it's pointless. And so uh, we're talking about Abraham. I've given you a lot of context, so feel free to go back and, uh, and really kind of uh, unpack some of the context about uh, the Ur of the Chaldees and, and some of the other things we're going to mention just in passing because we've already covered it. Uh, so I'd, I'd encourage you, if you're joining us online for the first time, man, welcome. If you're joining us on the radio, welcome. 90.5 has been such a blessing. And uh, to hear from some of those that are, that are tuning in, and, uh, and so we're thankful for that. Uh, but Abraham, uh, known in this passage as Abram, uh, was a man selected by God uh, to connect with God in a very unique way. And uh, the region of, of that, th- during that time, it was, it was the region of uh, Emeru. And uh, this is a map, I believe, of, of, 
of kind of what it would look like back then. Every, everywhere in yellow was kind of together, and then you had the other regions. So this is uh, probably 1500, maybe even 2000 BC, and uh, this is the land of the Amorites or the Canaanites, and this is where Abram is. It, it would be modern-day uh, Lebanon or Syria, uh, so just to kind of give you uh, some context. Last week, again, for context's sake, uh, we, we understood that, that Abraham's bringing some things to God. He's bringing his fear. He's bringing his doubt. Uh, verses 2 and 3, he goes right at God and says, man, I have some things that I'm struggling with, and, and God, here's some of my fears, and here's where I feel like you've let me down. And, and so we just said that our dreams are not things that we have that are outside of our doubts and our fears. But the dreams that we have, the God-fueled, God-sized, faith-filled dreams are dreams that we have uh, in, in, in the midst of our doubts and our fears. And so our doubts and our fears are the steps toward our grace-filled dreams. And then we talked about the obedience that he had in order to say, okay, God, I, I may not know everything about what you're doing, but I'm just going to take the first step, trust God enough to take the next step. And that trusting obedience is the doorway to that grace-filled dream. And by the way, uh, all of us, are going to have to trust God in order to, in order to dream big. And, and I think that's important. So let's go to verse number 1 and read it. Um, Genesis chapter 15, verse number 1 says, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now, last week we talked about a, a, a battle that happened. After these things, the, the things were... Lot got in some trouble. He's a POW. He's in a prison camp. He's a prisoner of war. Now he's, you know, being rescued by Abram. Abram puts a lot on the line, takes everyone from his house, kind of pushes all the chips to the middle and says, hey, I'm coming for you. Your family, I'm going to win because God's on my side. He does win, and then he's like, oh, man, what did I just do? Now, the king of Sodom wants to kind of make a little bit of a deal and kind of have Abraham in his pocket. And so he says, and you can read the last five or six verses of chapter 14, he says, hey, Abraham, I want to give you some goods. I want to give you some, some, a, a huge reward for, for your winning. And Abraham said, no, I'm not going to take a reward. My reward is from the Lord. Now, that's why God says to him, Abraham, you're right. I am your exceeding great reward. And, and, and he said that I, I'm going to give you a vision of what that reward is. Last week we said that vision is, is, a, is a picture of the future. And by the way, that's what your dream is, is, is something that God has put in your heart that you believe he can do. And, and by grace and through faith, you can take those steps. But the vision was that he was his exceeding great reward. And we don't have the time to unpack these three words, but some of you that have studied this before, uh, it's, it's the, the word exceeding is, is one of the most common Hebrew words used in uh, the, the Old Testament. It's, it's emod, uh, which is the, actually the word for strength, but it means uh, with these three words together, exceeding great reward, emod, rabah, sekar, which means uh, the highest degree and beyond. Uh, or for all the young people to infinity and beyond, right? Uh, and, and so this is just far past what you could ever imagine. But it means to be surpassed abundance and a wage or compensation that you did not earn. So God said, I am something that you have that you did not earn, but I am something better that, of anything you could have earned. So far exceeding your, uh, your wildest dreams. 
So keep that in your mind because we're going to end up there at the end. But, but with that in mind, God being his exceeding great reward, this is what happens. Abraham is placed at a point of, of having to trust God. And that's where we ended last week, and I felt like I gave you a little bit of a cliffhanger, so I'm sorry about that, but I want, I want you to understand that when God comes to Abraham, God is giving Abraham something that man cannot take away from him. He is giving Abraham a connection with himself. The greatest gift of grace is the presence of God. Let me say that again. The greatest gift of grace is the presence of God. So he is revealing himself to man for the first time. We've said that. He is connecting through Abraham to me. And so I take this, this, this story very personal because God is wanting to connect with me. God is wanting to connect with you. And so when, when, when God is our reason and our resource and our reward for what we're pursuing, listen, friends, we don't have to try harder we don't have to say, well, I'll do better. Well, we don't have to live a life that's just like wanting to prove something to someone or wanting to show something to someone. We're not driven by any of those empty motives. Now we're driven by, man, I just want to get closer to God. I just want what God wants for my life. It really simplifies things. Because it's like, God, if you don't want this to happen, then I'm just putting this in your hands. I'm going to do everything I can and then once I do everything I can, I'm going to leave it in your hands and say, you know what? You got this. You got this, God. And so it's just really important for us to, to, to understand this moment that we have as a country and we have as a, as a people. Because our reward and protection does not come from an election. It doesn't. And so, listen, however you voted... You already voted. Whatever has happened, it has already happened. I hope that you did what you could. But friends, this is no time to be discouraged. This is time to be encouraged because now it's God's. Now it's like, hey, God, you, you got this. You're bigger than the White House. And now we're in the church house saying, okay, God, what are you going to do in our lives? What are you going to do in our city? And so it comes from God being what we need when we need it. And so that's why I've been, frankly, waiting. And I got here super early this morning because I'm like, God, I just need to be here. I, I know I'm the one up here, but I need to be here. I needed this. And so, and so when, we, when we understand, you know, Genesis 15, we need to understand that it's in a moment where Abraham is seeing everything around him and God's saying, hey, hey, look up. Look up. Now, if you're looking down, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. <clears throat> that was not on purpose. Abraham, look up. So look at verse number five. Abraham, two and three. God, this is what's the problem. You can't, you're not helping me. God says in verse five, Abraham, would you just look up? Would you look up and see the stars? He, he, he says, would you, would you just look at what I've done? Would, would you look at, at, at what I'm doing? You see, our uplook doesn't, here's the key thought, our uplook doesn't just determine our outlook, it determines our outcome as well. And so where are you looking this morning? Because dreaming big is a choice. We said that last week. But living big is a choice too. 
And so we can live according to our own resources and try to accomplish our own dreams, or we can say, God, I want your dreams, but I want your empowering influence and grace uh, in my dreams as well. And so the only way to fulfill our God-given dreams is through grace. Now, there's two keys to choosing grace. I'm going to tell you what they are, and then we're going to unpack them. First, you have to believe that his grace is sufficient. If his grace is not enough, then we do need to be worried about whatever we think might happen. If his grace is not sufficient, then then listen, what are we even doing here? But if we truly believe that there's supernatural power that we have for our everyday lives, then we need to say, okay, God, what, do you, what did you do for Abraham? And what, are you gonna, what can you do for us? If we truly believe, then secondly, we're gonna receive what he has for us, okay? So there's that belief, and then there's action, okay? Belief that, that leads to action. By the way, if it doesn't lead to action, it wasn't truly belief. So, so, so let's talk about those two. First of all, grace-filled dreams must be believed. They must be believed, okay? And God met Abraham right where he was, right in, in, the, in the pit of the moment where he thought, you know what, these guys are coming back to get me. And God said, no, I'm your shield. And by the way, God, did you see how much money the king of Sodom was gonna give me? I mean, come on, God. You're gonna do better than that? I want, I want to see it. And, and God says, Abraham, let, let me just say, I'm your exceeding great reward. And so he says, I, I understand where you are. And by the way, God meets you where you are, but, but he doesn't want you to stay where you are. God meets you right in your perspective, okay? And, 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 but he doesn't want your perspective to, to stay the same. And so if you're, if, if you're watching this online and you're like, man, I just am not into this, that's okay. God meets you where you are, but he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to look up. Now, now, now this is the verse, verse 5. I want to read it. It says, and he brought him forth abroad. So, so obviously the sun had gone down at this point. So this has kind of been an all-day conversation, it seems. And, and he said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars. I love that. I, that, that could be an entire message. Tell the stars. Tell the stars what, God? Okay, and I love that they translate it, tell the stars. Because, because he says, you, you know, you're doubting me? Tell that to the stars. Tell that to the millions of galaxies that are in the universe. You, you're, you're, you think I'm too small to, to, to insert myself into your life? Just try counting the stars if you can number them, verse 5. He says, if you can number So take out your Bible and, and, and look at what he says next so shall thy seed be. God doesn't just give him a vague answer. I'm really big on not giving vague answers. I've had some tough questions asked to me this week. And, 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 and in love, I gave some very specific answers. Why? Because I want to just offend everyone and their brother? No! Because the most loving thing you can do is tell the truth. The most loving thing you can do is, is say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm addressing your specific doubt and fear. That's what happened here. He said, your seed, your seed. Man, what a wave of confidence can come when God addresses our specific need. I want you to know God's going to address a specific need for you today. And here's a key thought. A quick glance at what God has done always increases our confidence in what God can do. So if you're looking at, 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 at everything and going, man, I just don't, I don't know. 
I'm not sure. Listen, you need to look at what God has done. Man, when I look at what God has done in our, our church, our young church, I, I look at the future and I'm saying, wow, God, you can do so much. Why? Why? Because of us? Because we're special? No, it's because of what God has done. It, it, it's showing us what God can do. You see, our God-sized dream is dependent on our God being large, not small, being sufficient, uh, not lacking. He is enough. And so Abraham just came to this moment where he believed the dream. And so he believed it. Verse number six, it says, he believed in the Lord. And it counted him, he counted, God counted it to him for righteousness. This is what I believe Paul was referring to in my life verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So, so that was righteousness that was accounted to him by grace because he believed the Lord. Now, I've always been hard on Abraham. and I've spoken a lot about Abraham before. But I've always been hard on Abraham because of verse number 7 and 8. So God says, I'm the Lord. Brought you out of the land of the car, or the localities and give you this land and inherit it. And then what does Abraham says? He says, yeah, but whereby shall I know that I inherit it? Here he is saying he believes God. And now he's asking him, but how will I know? God, but I don't know. God's like, I just showed you the stars. I'm literally talking audibly to you. Are you serious? How are you going to know? Not at all. And I believe this is a moment like Jesus had with the father whose child was dying and was brokenhearted because of how much grief and anguish that father was in. And the father in Mark 9, 24, I put it in your notes, um, calls out to God and says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You ever had one of those moments? And I've had many of them. God, God I believe, but you got to help my unbelief. Wow, something just happened. God pulled out of Abraham's heart his doubt and his fear, and Abraham was able to diagnose, that's where I don't believe. That's where I'm struggling. And the moment you pull that from the darkness to the light, God said, I can work with that. I can work with that. You believe me, and you're willing to acknowledge your unbelief? Man, I can work with that all day. You know where you where Jesus couldn't tolerate it? He couldn't tolerate it when the disciples were doubting and disbelieving and they weren't man enough to admit it. They weren't just man enough to say, you know what? We actually do doubt you. <laughs> we actually do feel like we're going to die right now. We, we, actually, we actually do have some doubts. And so the action item is, it, from, from this point, then we'll move on to number two, is, is to turn our fears and, and, and or, or turn our desires and our, and our dreams into praises and our doubts and fears into prayers. Now, here's what I mean by that. Your, your doubts and fears are things that you should pray about. I just believe that your dreams are things you can praise God about. You say, well, it hasn't happened. Exactly. When we start believing God enough to say, God, thank you for that dream. God, thank you for putting that desire in my heart. God, I believe that was you. I don't believe that was me. I don't believe that was my, my selfish ambition. I believe that's you. And when you start praising God for it, watch what God can do. So let's move to number two, because once it's believed, it can be received. And by the way, it's kind of vice versa. Dreams that are not written or, or, or believed cannot be received, and vice versa. So, so we have to believe first, and then we receive these goals. By the way, if you've never written out your, your God-sized dreams, or, or you haven't yet, okay, week four, 
Get on it, okay? <laughs> Let me help you. Write out some dreams. Maybe that's just one. If you write out one dream as a result of this, it's been a success. Because I believe that once we, once we have a dream, then God can say, okay, now here's what's going to happen. Here's the practical steps. There are five. We're going to move, we're going to move quickly through this passage. Verse number nine through 10, letter A, dreams require sacrifice. Now, this is what the self-help, feel-good Christianity, and if I could have someone open up the blinds, that would be so awesome, okay? I, I'm not trying to be weird about it, but um, I want to be able to see some people in the cars uh, that are listening on the radio. That would be awesome. Um, so grace-fueled dreams must be received, and they're received through sacrifice. You say, where do I start? Like, like, like um, what, what, do, what do I need to do in order to have these these dreams become uh, a reality. Uh, and, and so letter A, there's the sacrifice. Now look at what happens. He says, take a heifer three years old and a she-goat three years old and a ram three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. What's going on? I mean, all these animals. And he took them and all these and, and oh, okay, good. So, so here's all of, all of Abraham's animals in the midst and, and divided them in the midst? What does that mean? He literally cut them in half. Laid each peach on, on either side, and, and, and the birds he divided not. So, so get this picture in your head. Abraham, God says, Abraham, I want you to get some animals. And Abraham doesn't say, why? Abraham doesn't say, what do you want me to do with them, God? Yeah, I got animals. What do you want me to do? No, immediately he knows what to do. Why, why did Abraham know exactly what to do with the animals? It's because this was the context. This is what you did with animals. Now, now listen. I, I don't know about you, but, but I don't plan on, on splitting any animals in half this afternoon, okay? Now, now, in Iowa, I grew up in Iowa, and that happened all the time. You see an animal, you know, oh, the, oh okay, he's, 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 it's slaughter day, okay? So, so you know, guts and, and all the, all the in, you know, insides are on the outside, and you're like, okay, that's just normal. Out here, okay, you'd call the police. Oh, there, there's a slaughtered animal, you know, but, but, but so it's a different context, right? It's a little bit different context. Splitting animals were, were what they would do to make a deal or to sign a contract. Uh, how many of you are glad that marriage licenses and contracts do not require blood? Okay, I'm thankful for that. I don't know about you. Uh, but this is exactly where we get the phrase. Have you ever used the phrase, cut a deal? Ah, I cut a deal. That's what, this is, this is where it originated. Okay, so, so he's cutting a deal. At least he thinks he is. He's cutting a deal with God. So God says, oh, you want to know? Okay. Here, here, cut a deal. Now, this is why I asked all of you to read. And if you didn't, okay, I'm going to give you grace because it's a message on grace, okay? But, but, but here's the moment that you, that you read verses 9 through 18. It's, it's, it, if you've never read it before, it's going to feel like the twilight zone, you know? Picture this. There's an animal that's split in two. You know, you're entering the twilight zone. So here, here are these animals. They're, they're, they're cut down the middle. And, and, and they would have been in, in, in like a valley. Now, that's really important. It would have been a little bit of a valley place. And, and, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But, but first, I want to I focus on when, when a Abraham asked God, God, I, I need to, I, if, 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 if I'm going to move forward, and, I'm, and I believe you, help my unbelief, I'm going to need some, some confirmation here. I mean, there's a lot of people with me. There's a lot of people depending on me. If I'm just going to keep, keep going on this whole big dream thing, 
I really need some confirmation. I trust you, but I need, I need you to speak to me. First thing he says is, okay, you're gonna need, it's, gonna, it's gonna cost you. It's gonna be a sacrifice. And it was expensive. It did cost him greatly. Uh, scholars have said that the price of the animals that he brought uh, was over $7,000. So, so this was not a small day. This was not a slaughter. I mean, uh, to kill, and by the way, you're, 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 you're killing young animals. I mean, they could possibly have the potential of, of being even greater than that 7,000. That's just kind of the medium price. So, so now when we're talking money, you're like, oh, ooh, that's a little bit different. It was a sacrifice. And great dreams call for great sacrifice. Anything worth pursuing will always be worth the price. But, but I, love, I love what Don Shula said, the great coach Don Shula. He said, start, the start is always the step that stops most people. Starting, just, just starting. I mean, that first cut, that, that first animal, that first effort of saying, okay, God, I believe you. And the cost of dreaming big, it, it, it will come at a great price, but it always comes when you start stepping forward. And it was messy. I don't know if you've ever cut an animal in half, but it takes a while and it's a little messy. And, 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 and I know you're looking at me weird, but I have done that before. And, and, and it's just a part of, of, of the sacrifice. And a dream without a plan is pointless. And dream without work is just a wish. And so it's a struggle. Sacrifice is a struggle. You say, what, 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 what can I sacrifice? I don't know, but, but where is God calling you that's, that, that's a little uncomfortable? How is God asking you to step forward? And you're like, man, that would be a, that would, I, I'm struggling with that. Like I'm struggling in order to take that step. And whatever that step is that you're struggling with, that is where God wants to meet you. And so, the sacrifice is what's required from a dream, but then sacrifice requires a struggle. Look at verse number 11. So we've read verses 9 and 10. Look at verse number 11. And the fowls came down upon the carcasses, and Abraham drove them away. Now we know a little bit about these fowls because we have a few, but, but, but I want you to understand that it's the word ayit. Ayit. And the word A is bird in Hebrew, and the word it is scream. It's literally a screaming bird. You know, like, you know, coming for your trash, right? Um, and so it's a bird of prey. It's literally a it was, was referred to as a, as a carrion bird or a crow. Uh, it was probably this hooded crow uh, that, that's found in the Middle East in this exact same region. We're not sure, but we think it's this. Um, but it could have been a lot of different types of bird, but it was a predatory bird. It was, it was a fearless bird. It was a bird that when it smells blood, it's coming, okay? Now, birds today, they probably don't go after, uh, you know, blood, but they go after food. Um, I saw this video of, of some crows uh, descending Thousands upon a Walmart. Thousands of are taking over Houston Kroger. again. Take a look at this video from Wednesday night. You can see thousands of the black birds just, you know, flying and resting in a parking lot. Many of them on top of cars. Look at that poor woman trying to make it to <laughs> They're city. coming for me. Houston look at all those birds, man. Bummer for the people that large flocks and prefer shopping centers and fast food store car. parking lots where there is trash. Just for food and trees or light posts. So, so I don't know how many birds, that's good guys, since, thank I mean, you. you see them, it's I don't know how many birds were, were coming down on all of these carcasses. But scholars tell us that the pathway was probably, the, the pathway with all of these, the, the animals, was probably a football field long. 
It wasn't a small. I mean, it was, they would lay everything out. And so they would cut it completely down the, the middle. And by the way, uh, not to get gross, but, but there's a lot in the middle, okay? Um, and so they would lay it all out down, and, and it, would, it would be kind of in a valley. And, 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 and the birds started coming down, coming away. By the way, whenever there's passion for a vision, there will always be resistance. One of the things I always look for whenever I, I, I'm asking God where to go next or how to, how to move, I always say, man, what, what type of resistance, like what is this doing in my life? Is it causing me to grow? Because if there's resistance, if there's, if there's a struggle, but it's in the right direction, you know, man, this is exactly where I need to go. And, and I just want you to know that when these birds were coming down, they, they were coming down in a moment that God was going to speak to Abram, and he was waiting for God to show up, and he was just saying, I can't let anything get in between me and my God-sized dream. I'm not going to allow these birds to be what separate me from what God is going to tell me. And so I'm just telling you today from this passage, if we don't chase away uh, the dream killers in our life, there will always be something that will destroy what God has placed in our heart. And as Jesus said, the birds came down and snatched the seed. There's a seed of a dream in your heart. And lies and deception and pride and arrogance will come down like the birds came. And if you do not chase it away, it will take your God-sized dream away. So the birds came down. But Abraham was not willing to allow those little things. And by the way, they're the little things that separate you from what God wants you to do. And if we don't step back and say, you know what, I've been, I've, been, I've been letting that little bird come into my life. I've been letting that insecurity. I've been letting that, that addiction to man-pleasing. I've been letting that complacency and, and that, that foolishness, I've been, whatever it is, that luck, I've been letting that bird steal my seed and there's no more. I'm not going to let it happen. And so don't allow potential to be placed on your tombstone to where when you go from this life to the next, you realize that there was something God wanted you to do and you spent your time doing all the wrong things and saying yes to all the wrong things instead of no to all the little things so that you can say yes to the big thing God wants to do in your life. And so there's sacrifice with dreams that lead to a struggle, but then our struggle in the midst of that struggle in the midst, I don't know how many hours, I don't know how many birds, but in the midst of that struggle, there was a moment of limitation. And so letter C, struggle reveals our limitations. And in that moment of, of, of all day, by the way, how many of you know, God spoke to Abraham when the sun was down. Now God is showing up when the sun is down again. So we know that it's about 14 to 16 14 to 16 hours from the time the la that God last spoke. Now you, have to, you have to realize Abraham was shooing those birds away probably for a long time. We don't know how long. I don't want to suspect. But, but I do know this, that verse number 12 says, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. Now I just want to tell everyone here, and I hope I don't put myself in jeopardy, but I'm a hard sleeper, Okay. I'm not too hard, okay, I'll wake up. But I, I will tell you, I'm a hard sleeper. I, I, I sleep, Daniel's like, you didn't hear the thunder? Nope, I didn't. Um, and so Abraham was at this moment that he couldn't, 
Now, some scholars say that God helped put him to sleep, a picture of, of Adam, and probably. Either way, it's a, a, a deep sleep. Now, I think of this in, 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 in the thought of kids. All of you that have kids uh, know that, that there's a point that they come to where they're just out. Saw this girl in the Ikea store. She's out, okay? She's done, okay? That's like Ikea, too many turns and twists, and, and mom, I'm done. Uh, this, this boy in a, in, a, in a ladies' department store, he's out. He's done, right? Mom's trying on too many shoes. He's just conked. So when he's, when he's tired, he's tired. I think we have another one uh, of, of a kid just, just, you know what? I mean, couldn't, couldn't make it to the bed, so that, that will work. That will work. So Abraham's tired. Here's a key thought. You will never be aware of God's full desire for your life until you are fully aware of your own limits. Until you realize, hey, you know what? I'm done. I'm spent. I, I have nothing left to give. Friends, that's where grace shows up. That's where grace begins. When your strength ends, when your bank account ends, when your ideas end, when everything that you've been pushing for ends, that's where God says, okay, now I can show up. And that's where God said to, to, to the apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Uh, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. So limitations then require God's grace. So letter D, limitations require God's favor. Require God's favor. Now God says, I'm going to have favor for you, but it's going to take a while. It's going to take about 400 years. So Abraham, do you want to know the future? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to favor you. Not only you, but I'm going to favor your children, but it's going to come through their limitations as well. And so God's favor, God's grace, then reveals letter E, God's power. God's power. Now, I want to read verse 17 and 18, but I want to tell you that this is probably one of the top five most important passages in the Bible, and I'm going to tell you why. Without this passage in the Bible, a lot of what Jesus said, a lot of what David said, a lot of what the Apostle Paul said does not make sense. So this is why your homework assignment last week was to read this, because this is, this is for me a top five passage of the Bible. Because in verse 17 it says, and it came to pass, when the sun went down, it was dark. Behold, a smoking furnace, notice, a smoking furnace, and, number two, a burning lamp that passed between the pieces. And the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and basically said, hey, I'm going to give you this land. The reason why this is so important to me personally, and it should be so important to us as a church, is God is making an unconditional covenant with Abraham. He's making an unconditional covenant, and he's saying, hey, the dream that I've given you, it's, it's going to become a reality. It's, it's, I'm promising, I'm guaranteeing a blessing. It, he, he's guaranteeing a blessing in a way that we do not understand, but is still used over in the Middle East today. When they would put these pieces on either side, and allowing the blood to flow into the valley in the middle, 
they were literally creating a pathway of blood. So when you walked through that long trail, it was walking through a trail of blood. And when you came out on the other side, you were having footsteps of blood. And you were walking through with both parties to literally say, we are in the same blood. We are, we are walking through these pieces and may what has done, been done to these animals be done to me if I go back on my word. And so we, we come to this moment where now the, the, the burning lamp, the smoking furnace fire, you know, shows up, signifying both the presence of God, uh, the furnace uh, by the way, the smoking furnace, the, the smoke is, is referred to as the, the Hebrew word Shekinah, the Shekinah glory that came down in the temple is a, looked like a smoking furnace. Um, the, 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 the lamp, the fire uh, that, that, that was on there, the, the picture of the Holy Spirit, but also the picture of God, the, the, the cloud by day, the fire by night. There's a reason there were two that showed up. But there's first a question that we have to ask. And that is, why did Abraham wait all day? I had never seen this, but I, I, I really believe, that. and when I went back and studied the Hebrew context of this, I realized Abraham couldn't walk through and say, okay, God, your turn. Abraham had to wait for God because in order for this covenant to be legit, the greater party had to go through first. And so Abraham said, God, I've provided the moment, but if you don't show up, I can't walk through because the greater party must walk through first. And so Abraham, now in a moment of exhaustion, is sitting there waiting for God, and now he's in a deep sleep, and he can see what happens, but he can't move. And it's a picture of grace because God walks through once for himself, but he says, listen, Abraham, if you walk through and if you break one of my commandments, you will be have to be put to death. But if I walk through again for you, I am sentencing myself to death for you. He was saying, God was saying, I am coming through once, but I am coming through again. And I know that you're going to fail me. And I know that your, your, your family will fail me. And I know that you'll break this covenant. But I am sacrificing my own son so that you could have the grace of God applied to your account. And so the fire walked through. And, and, and 2,000 years later, the moment when Jesus was on the cross and there was a trail of blood from the cross was the moment that, the, that the, the, the curtain from the Holy of Holies where the presence of God, the firing furnace and, and the lamp stand was there with fire. And when, when he said, it is finished, when he said, Lama Abaxanai, he, he literally said those words. And right when he said, Tetelestai, from the top to the bottom, the the entire, uh, the entire curtain was ripped so that no man could do it. And in those pieces, there were two pieces on either side. And in those two pieces, the lamp went out of the temple and it started to be on top of the temples, the little temples of people who were indwelled with the presence of God. And now it is not a place, it is a person. And it is you and you and you and you and you and me 
who have the lamp over us and in us, we have his power. The question is, what are we going to do with it? His power has been displayed. It has been delivered. But will we receive it? Because if we will receive it, church, there is nothing that is impossible. So you say, yeah, but I mean, you don't know. I'm, I have all these limitations. And here's the takeaway. And it is this. Is that every limitation is an invitation for God's infinite grace. Those moments that you feel weakest are the moments where God wants to show his strength. Those moments where you feel so unworthy. And I have those are the moments where he wants to be worthy. So church, God wants to do something great. But it's not because we're great and it's not because you're great. It's because he's great and that he has delivered his grace to you in such a remarkable way. I could take another hour to tell you all the details of that moment were absolutely perfect. But here's a final action item as we leave. And it is this. I would encourage you to write out a plan. Whatever it might be for your family, for your marriage. For, for your walk with God, whatever it is, write out a plan that seems impossible without God's power, without God's grace. And then allow that pursuit. Allow something that's so incredibly intimidating to you. We started this journey by saying, if our dreams aren't intimidating to, to, to us, they insult God. Because he's given us this power. But I, I just would encourage you to allow that pursuit just to drive you in your knees in prayer. And just say, God, I have these fears, but I'm just going to praise you anyway. I have these limitations, but I'm just going to trust you anyway. I don't know everything to do, but I know what to do next. And that is to trust in you. Whatever your next step is in your dream, whatever it is, whatever you need to sacrifice, whatever, whatever God's calling you to do, I don't know what it is. But man, God, put this fire inside me today just to tell you, take that step. Friend, if you need to receive Jesus as your Savior, take that next step, receive him. If you need to make a sacrifice in an area you've been holding back, make that sacrifice. Man, my goodness, we do not give to the church for us. We do not pray and serve for us. We pray because we need to see God working in us and through us. God wants to do something great. But are we willing to live big, audacious lives that are filled with his infinite grace. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.